Not everybody's meant for leadership, and not everyone should be a leader. I think leadership has been, for some odd reason, just glamorized in some way where I don't see anything glamorous about leadership. I'm Michael Mogul, founder and CEO of Crisp, the nation's number one law firm growth company. I've built my business through practice, not theory. Crisp started with just $500 to my name and has grown to over eight figures in revenue over the last few years, earning a spot on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Our approach has been to take everything we've learned about generating massive growth within our own organization and help the country's most ambitious and committed law firm owners do the same for theirs. In each episode of this podcast, I sit down with innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond to learn from those who thrive in the face of adversity, challenge the status quo, and define what it means to be a true game changer. This is Jessica, head of coaching strategy at Chris, and today we're flipping the script for another special edition episode to get Michael's take on nature versus nurture when it comes to entrepreneurship, how to develop rising leaders in your law firm, and the non-negotiable qualities of next level leadership. Great leaders have humility, they're open-minded, they're always learning, extremely coachable, they take ownership. I could go on and on and on and on, but it's somebody who's a constant student. It is not the type of person who believes that they have all the answers by any means. That's coming up on the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. All right back for another AMMA. Back again. Here we go. For those of you tuning in for the first time, this is pretty simple. You guys submit the questions, you text us at 404-531-7691, and then we answer them on this podcast. So that's as simple as simple gets. The other types of podcasts that we do on this show is our traditional interview style podcast where we bring on an expert from the legal industry or even outside of the legal industry. We dissect their brains and then we take all those insights and information and present them in a podcast format. And then our Encore editions, we bring back some of our most popular episodes. So we're 200 plus episodes now. We've got several episodes that come out every single week. And this week, we've got this AMMA Ask Michael Mogul Anything. I guess you can also ask Jessica anything. So let's do it. All right. We're going to let you be the answerer today, though. Don't worry. So I always batch these together. I've gotten hundreds of questions at this point. So today, I really want to focus on growing other leaders. So First question up today was a summit attendee. So he asked, we talked about nature versus nurture at the summit. Some people are natural born leaders and others, I can tell, just weren't meant to be in these positions. What's your stance on this for your leaders? And do you think leaders can be nurtured? Man, I feel like I failed this person. It's almost like we were, we were at the same event. Opening keynote, we talk about nature versus nurture. So nature being genetics and biological predispositions, nurture being your environment, experiences, your upbringing, things like that, that helped to shape you. And the takeaway of this was both play a role, right? They're not just these two opposing forces. They really integrate with one another. Of course, there's going to be certain factors as it relates to, let's say, growing a business or being a leader where from the nature standpoint, you may have greater risk tolerance. You may be just better with ambiguity. You may be more resilient and hungrier. Those could be nature type traits, but a lot of it is also going to be a function of your environment, your experiences, your education, mentorship, community, all of those help to shape you. So the takeaway is not whether it's nature or nurture, but these coincide and one really helps to shape the other. And the best approach is really to nurture one's nature. So the way you are, not necessarily saying that you have to change the human being, but with the strengths that you have, nurturing those strengths, and that is what can lead you to being really a great leader. So I'm of the belief that 
Yes, of course, there's going to be certain people that may have certain advantages when it comes to being a leader. Just you're born a certain way, they have certain traits, but that doesn't mean that somebody else who does not have those similar traits or advantages cannot also be a great leader. And in fact, I would say the majority of great leaders are those that have been nurtured and those that have been developed. The whole theme of the summit was built, not born for a reason. And without a doubt, I think great leaders can be nurtured. I don't think we pop out of the womb as great leaders by any means. And I think there's sometimes a misconception when we see somebody who seems like they come across with a lot of confidence or they're very loud or boisterous. And we think, oh, wow, this is a natural born leader. When in reality, that's not really what leadership is. Leadership is intentional influence. It's having empathy. It's being able to lead people to action. It's being able to drive certain behavioral change in other individuals. And these are all skills that can be developed. In fact, in most cases, great leaders are those that have developed these skills. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that goes back to even John Maxwell at the summit and leadership is far beyond a title. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this quote from him. The people who get the titles or who want the titles probably shouldn't have them. And those who do have them, if you're a great leader, you don't need the title. Correct. Something like that. I probably just messed it all up. I got the point. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number two. So some of my leaders have grown with the firm flawlessly and that as we got bigger, they adapted to our scale. Others have struggled much more with handling the complexity that comes with growth. Why is that? Do you think that there comes a point where you have to make a judgment call with those leaders that couldn't evolve with us? Short answer, yes. And I know that's probably not going to be a very popular answer because I know there's going to be somebody who will receive a question like this and answer it along the lines of, well, no, you can develop everyone. Of course, you want to take everyone with you. And as your firm grows, you want to be able to continue to invest in and develop your leaders and take them with you to the promised land. But the reality of it is because you're dealing with human beings is that there's going to be some people who are going to take advantage of the investment that you make in them more than others. And you see this all the time. It's not just specific to leaders. It's really when it comes down to any personnel change, developing habits, growing in any way. Most people do a great job of going zero to 60. You see this with the cards. It's like you get the zero to 60 time. But then there's also the other time where it's like 60 to 100. And that's where somebody can start they're growing, they're developing. At first, they're excited about the leadership development that's coming with that. They're excited at the company as it's growing and it's hitting new points of complexity. Everything's going smooth. They go from zero to 60. They made that first leap. But as that complexity increases, as the firm starts to evolve more and more and more, those demands don't stop. But many people do. So it's whether they develop a degree of complacency or they're just like, look, I've gotten to this point and they start to get used to things and saying like, well, it's no different than people to go to college, right? Or get advanced degrees. And they think that, okay, now that I've made this commitment or I've developed these skills that I no longer have to continue developing skills. And that's really the wrong mindset. So the development never stops. The learning never stops. The increase in capability should never stop. But for some people they do. And then when they hit that point of complacency, it's very difficult to get somebody to continue to push to that next level. And I find that it's helpful if you're struggling with certain leaders that are not adapting and not evolving at the pace at which you'd like them to. It's really having a, quite frankly, a candid conversation with this person and making it clear that in order for them to grow to the next level, they've got to continuously be investing in learning and growing and developing. We see this all the time. I mean, new technologies come around and people are like, well, I learned the old technologies. Why do I have to learn the new ones? And it's like, well, the learning never stops. So it's really asking them. And Netflix had this philosophy as well, where there'd be people where They'd be with Netflix for a number of years, be star performers, they'd just be incredible and would add a ton of value. But as that organization evolved, they had to let some of these people go because they said, well, you've been great for the organization at this point, but the skills we need going forward are not the skills that you have. It wasn't a negative thing. It was just saying that the needs of the organization are different today than what they used to be. And because they saw it as those people were not developing those skills, and it just really didn't make sense, quite frankly, for someone to develop those skills from scratch, bringing in proven performers, they had to part ways. 
that's just a harsh truth, quite frankly. So what's the question? I want to make sure I'm answering this correctly. Yeah. I mean, really just saying, do you have to make that judgment call at some point? I think that if you don't see the improvement, you can continue to invest, but somebody has to be receptive to that investment. So meaning that you can send them the courses, you can give them your resources, you can pay for conferences, you can pay for seminars. I mean, you can do all sorts of things, but there has to be a willing person on the other end who's taking advantage of that stuff. And they're not just being a passive participant in this, but rather someone who's active and engaged and really sees that their best days are ahead of them rather than behind them. Yeah. And I think as a follow-up question to that, though, is even if I don't want to lose this person, maybe they're not meant for leadership specifically. What do you do with that person? Could be another role in the organization they could be a great fit for. Not everybody's meant for leadership, but not everyone should be a leader. I think leadership has been, for some odd reason, just glamorized in some way where I don't see anything glamorous about leadership. In people's minds, those who are not leaders, they think that leaders are sitting around smoking cigars and hanging out and having martinis and just thinking about looking at the organization like cogs in a wheel. And in reality, it's like you're dealing with very, very difficult problems and challenges. It's a very different competency that's required as a leader than it is as, let's say, an individual contributor. It's kind of like those articles out there of the makers versus the manager schedule. Two very, very different competencies in the type of work that you're doing. Oftentimes, even the compensation is very different. You would see, for example, in a sales role, an account executive would, in most cases, out-earn a sales team lead, right? And one's the leader and one's not. So it's not even a function of compensation, but I think sometimes people look at a leadership path as what they see as progression in their own career path, when in reality, that's not for everyone. There's ways to be able to progress in an individual career path specializing in your skill set and specializing in your capabilities for how you can add more value and be able to take on more accountability that does not involve managing other people, quite frankly. So it's not for everyone. If you have somebody who's just really finding themselves in a role where leadership is not for them, perhaps there's another role in the firm, but the business needs what it needs. And if somebody's not receptive to what the needs are, I mean, you're doing everybody else in your organization a disservice by not evolving in the right way. Could not agree more. All right. And then to round this one out. So at one point in my life, I thought that confidence and assertiveness was all you needed to be a capable leader. But I'm learning that isn't enough and sometimes isn't even the right leadership approach. So what qualities do you look for in potential leaders, especially for longevity and adaptability? Sure. I mean, let's start listing them off. Great leaders have humility. They're open minded. They're always learning, extremely coachable. They take ownership. I could go on and on and on and on, but it's somebody who's a constant student. It is not the type of person who believes that they have all the answers by any means. It is someone who can look at a situation and see themselves as really needing to own that problem of saying that I've got these people on my team that are not performing. Instead, a great leader would say, I need to improve as a leader so that my team's performance can improve because everything rises and falls on leadership, as John Maxwell says, which is 1000% true. The other thing is just coachability. So you see how somebody takes feedback. There's some, and we see this, man, and I don't want to single somebody out, but you see this in professional sports all the time. And the thing that really annoys a fan base more than anything else is a coach who continuously deflects and makes excuses when a team is not performing well. I see coaches give these post-game interviews where they're being asked valid questions. The team just lost. They've lost several games leading up to that game. They lost the current game. They're not performing well. And the coach is almost annoyed at the questions that he's receiving because he's saying, no, we're good. Well, here's the reason why. They're just making excuse, 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 excuse. And that usually is the type of coach that probably needs to go because obviously they're not doing anything wrong, right? They're just losing every game. And I think the same thing applies to leaders within our organizations when the results are what they are. These are objective metrics. You're either winning or you're losing, right? The targets are either being hit or they're not being hit. And you're either moving in the right direction or you're not. And if somebody becomes very defensive when things are not going their way, mm, kind of shake my head because it's hard to really help somebody like that. 
versus if somebody takes complete ownership of a situation, well, that person can be redeemed. That person, they can be coached. They can take feedback well. They can learn. They can grow. They can adapt. They can improve. So obviously that's very important. And then also a bias towards action. I think great leaders are ones that aren't just going to be talking and they're not going to be sitting around ideas and doing brainstorming sessions and all that nonsense. Instead, they're going to make decisions and then act on those decisions and put things in place. They're not giving themselves too long of a runway of saying, well, here's what we're going to do over the next three months. It's like, here's what we're going to do today. And here's what we're going to do this week. So those are the things that I've seen in terms of some of the best leaders we work with. Awesome. Well, that rounds us out today on leadership. Thank you, Michael. My pleasure. Until next time. You've been listening to the Game Changing Attorney Podcast with Michael Mogul. If you found this episode valuable, here are three free ways that we can help you grow your law firm. Number one, download the first chapter of Michael's book absolutely free at gamechangingattorney.com. Number two, you can shoot Michael a text at 404-531-7691 and ask him any question you'd like. You might just hear the answer on the next episode. And finally, number three, if you can leave this podcast a five-star review, it will help us gain access to more influential thought leaders and bring their lessons learned here to you. For more information on this episode, see the show notes in your podcast app or visit legalpodcast.com.